Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Gianna Malillo, Assistant Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. Diabetes is an established risk factor for more severe cases of coronavirus disease 2019 or COVID-19, but recently reported cases of COVID-19-related diabetes among those with no pre-existing risk factors suggest the two conditions may have a bidirectional relationship. Interested in these rare cases, which don't appear to fit the typical two types of diabetes, Dr. Francesco Rubino, a professor of metabolic and bariatric surgery at King's College London, along with a cohort of clinicians from around the world, devised a global registry of COVID-19-related diabetes to better track and understand this condition. The COVID-Diab Registry was created to establish the extent and characteristics of new-onset COVID-19-related diabetes and to investigate its pathogenesis, management, and outcomes. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Dr. Rubino about these new cases, the registry's progress, and future implications of COVID-related diabetes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Rubino. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about your work? Hi, I'm a professor of uh, metabolic and bariatric surgery at King's College London, and I'm also a consultant surgeon at King's College Hospital in London, UK. My um, professional interest uh, is primarily uh, bariatric and metabolic surgery, and specifically the use of uh, metabolic surgery as a treatment for diabetes. Um, I'm pretty much interested in um, understanding how surgery induces remission of diabetes in many patients. So diabetes is the focus of my um, research and my interest uh, scientifically and clinically. And um, more recently, I um, have um, um, started to investigate links between uh, COVID-19 and diabetes. And I'm currently the co-PI of the COVID uh, International Registry um, with other co-PI, Professor Paul Zimmet from uh, Melbourne, Australia. What is the COVID Diabetes Registry and how did it come about? Well, the idea of this registry came um, you know, uh, from a uh, phone call among uh, friends and colleagues who, who were just discussing um, other things not related to, to medicine. And of course, as usual, we end up um, always speaking about uh, medical uh, issues. And one of the things in that call was uh, this word of mouth about the um, some cases of patients who were hospitalized uh, with COVID-19 who also were found to uh, have diabetes, even though there wasn't a history of diabetes in, in, in those patients. Of course, we were at the very beginning uh, of the pandemic. Uh, we didn't know very much about COVID-19. Uh, but uh, we knew um, uh, enough about diabetes uh, to recognize that not only um, the cases that we just heard as um, um, reports, oral reports, mostly in few case reports uh, at the time in, in the medical literature, so we had enough uh, knowledge of diabetes to understand that those uh, uh, cases uh, were not only puzzling because uh, there was no history in some of them of uh, uh, diabetes. But even when there was a history of diabetes, some of these patients presented with uh, quite uh, atypical um, clinical features. Uh, for instance, some patients uh, who had a history of type 1 diabetes 
presented with uh, features that are more common in type 2 diabetes and um, vice versa. And so we started to uh, think about whether there could be something um, more that could explain these links. We know that uh, infections uh, do trigger um, stress response and therefore a lot of, in a lot of people who have infections, including pneumonia, you would expect raising levels of blood sugar. But um, these this initial observations seem to be um, quite um, puzzling and, and, and quite atypical. And uh, if putting that in context, we also, even at the very beginning of the pandemic, and, and had learned uh, that diabetes is a major risk factor for the severity of COVID-19 and a good number of people who unfortunately die because of COVID-19 actually have diabetes. In some countries, this uh, was uh, initially reported to be um, around 30% of people who had died from COVID-19. So in short, in, during that call, uh, we were um, concerned that there was a bidirectional link between COVID-19 and diabetes. On one hand, having diabetes would expose you to higher risk of COVID-19 related mortality and vice versa, having COVID-19 could expose some uh, people to a risk of new diabetes or um, a changes in, in the features of pre-existing diabetes. There, therefore, we thought it was something we should look into more carefully. So what kind of information is contained within the registry and which countries are contributing currently? Well, first of all, the very um, reason why we have a registry is because even though we um, understand that there seem to be a, a clear link between COVID-19 and diabetes, and in some cases, this could go as far as uh, uh, causing new diabetes, we predict uh, and um, estimate that the problem is not necessarily going to be um, very common. Um, so one of the uh, things that we um, as you know, and always know about uh, the viral relationship, the relationship between diabetes and viral infection is that in the past, in fact, it is difficult to document enough cases uh, to understand um, uh, the relationship to prove the cause and effect between um, uh, a, a viral infection and, and, and diabetes. So anticipating that, that this would be the case also for COVID-19, we uh, immediately understood that none of us uh, or would have seen enough of these cases in their own practice uh, and even in large centers and perhaps even uh, in multi-centers, small multi-center study wouldn't necessarily quickly accrue enough information. So as a, as a surgeon uh, who you know, is involved in bariatric and metabolic surgery, I thought that there are some mechanisms that we use for surgery that could be mutuated, we could be used for this particular um, investigation. So one of, this uh, one of the things we do with bariatric surgery is that we have national and international registries, in other words, databases where clinicians note uh, observations of outcomes or, or uh, about this kind of um, operations. And so at the end of the day, even if surgery in specific areas or for specific um, type of patients it might not be as um, performed as often as to be able to build a, enough evidence, what by putting together the observations of many clinicians from an entire country or from around the world, you quite quickly normally are able to increase um, and to, uh, to gather sufficient data 
uh, to understand how things work. So for the same reasons, we, we thought that we could apply this technology, uh, if you wish, this uh, registry, this database, where people uh, substantially from any place in the world could um, put the data, anonymize patients' data, so we don't know the identi identities of the patients, but the clinicians who see a, a case here in New York and in, uh, in Asia, uh, that clearly suggests a link with COVID-19 could um, put the data into the registry. The registry obviously has, uh, is, uh, is shaped uh, with the help and input of a, a large group of uh, world leaders in diabetes that includes some of the uh, most uh, uh, authoritative researchers in, in the world. We have established the database. We have shaped in a way that uh, we try to capture information that could help us um, um, answer some specific questions and can be more specific about that. But substantially, clinicians from around the world can uh, just describe those obser the observations they have come uh, across. And uh, in this way, we hope it will be easier uh, to get more num bigger numbers sooner. At the moment, I can share with you that we had um, the interest uh, and intent of contributing data from more than 300 uh, clinicians from basically every continent uh, and multiple countries, of course. And uh, we hope that um, by, of course, uh, activating this um, relationship, uh, we will see a substantial number uh, of cases. I want to remind you that uh, in the past, for any other diabetes forms that is associated, has been considered to be potentially associated with a viral infection, we normally don't go beyond a um, small case series, small case reports in, you know, like a handful of cases that have been described and clearly well characterized in relationship to viral infections. So even uh, if we uh, assume conservatively that we will uh, get to uh, a few uh, dozens or hundreds of cases, this might well uh, easily be one of the largest collection of um, viral-related um, um, diabetes. Of course, what we want to achieve uh, in this case is not just numbers, but speed, uh, because we want to understand, um, uh, we want to try and address questions that are clinically important uh, and that could change practices during the course of this pandemic, of course, also beyond. Some of these questions relate to what happens uh, to people who have diabetes uh, what type of diabetes is um, uh, actually, uh, what form of diabetes is happening when people get COVID? Is it type 1? Is it type 2? Is it something that is completely different? It's a new form of diabetes. It's a hybrid form. So we don't know the answer to that question. Another question is, um, does diabetes uh, subside when the infection is resolved? Or does it continue and becomes a chronic uh, disease as diabetes normally is? We don't have the answer to that question as well. And of course, we want to know uh, from the experience of many clinicians uh, what kind of treatment strategies were used and which one were actually effective so that we could share this information if possible with others and improve um, the outcomes of uh, management in patients who have both diabetes and COVID-19. As you mentioned, it's not uncommon for acute viral infections to stress the body, causing blood sugar to rise. But do you or any of your co-investigators have any hypotheses regarding the pathophysiology 
of this new onset diabetes in those who didn't have any previous risk factors? Well, it's uh, easy to um, think that obviously a, a, um, a stress response to an, uh, any infection um, will raise um, uh, blood sugar uh, levels. This has been the case in, in any form of infections, whether viral or uh, not, uh, or uh, bacterial, uh, etc. But what we think uh, is the reason why the link between COVID-19 and, and diabetes could be relatively unique is um, actually quite unique compared to other viral infections or other any infections and other uh, stress uh, situation is that there is a biological mechanism that could really justify why this the virus and diabetes are linked in fact the um, um, the virus that causes COVID-19 uh, SARS-CoV-2 the new coronavirus it binds to a type of protein uh, to enter cells in our body this protein, uh, ACE2, is called ACE2, is actually not only present in the airways, in, in our lungs, in our um, upper airways, but is actually present in many more organs. And crucially, it is prevalent in organs such as the pancreas or the liver, uh, the adipose tissue, and even the small intestine. Now, all these organs are very important for glucose metabolism, for the metabolism of, of, of sugars. We have anecdotal yet, but some uh, proof of evidence that in patients with COVID-19, um, there is um, alterations and, and, and damages to uh, pancreatic uh, cells. Of course, uh, everybody understand the link, uh, understands the link between the pancreas and, and diabetes. What people might not, not as everybody at least, uh, recognize is that other organs like the small bowel are also so important for um, glucose and blood sugar metabolism. So um, defects in the mechanism and the physiology of the small bowel, uh, which contribute to regulating blood sugars, uh, defects in those mechanisms, again, could uh, cause derangement of um, metabolism in a way that might not necessarily be typical of type 1 or type 2 diabetes, hence and this, you know, explaining why we have um, the impressions, at least so far, that uh, the forms of type 2 diabetes associated with COVID-19 are uh, not always uh, typical and characteristics, but sometimes a form of hybrid between the, the, the major forms we know. So there is a biological um, rationale for a potential mechanistic link between um, the infection with the new coronaviruses and, 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 uh, and diabetes. Uh, we still don't know exactly, of course, uh, which of these um, uh, interactions, which uh, organ um, interactions of the virus is um, the most critical or most important in, determines, uh, in determining alterations. But uh, there is certainly uh, a background of biology there that is already available to understand that the possibility uh, of the coronavirus to cause problems to glucose metabolism is actually there. What should individuals concerned about developing COVID-19 onset diabetes know, or should all individuals with COVID-19 monitor themselves for potential diabetes symptoms? Well, as I said at the beginning, I think, uh, uh, and I hope, but I think the evidence is probably already there that COVID-19 related diabetes, especially if you talk about new onset diabetes and people who didn't have diabetes before, is probably not going to be um, 
a very, very, very common um, um, issue. And so for the majority of patients who um, experience this infection and, and develop COVID-19, I don't predict they are going to, to, to have diabetes. Now, one of the things we're also trying to understand is whether uh, an infection with COVID-19 could trigger not just diabetes during the infection, but could potentially increase the risk of developing diabetes in the future. Uh, this is another aspect of, uh, that we're trying to investigate through the registry. And of course, it will take many more months and, and potentially some years until we understand fully if this is the case. But if we had to give a suggestion to somebody who um, developed uh, COVID-19, uh, the fact that there are cases already um, reported and we are aware of where people have developed diabetes even though they did not have any experience or um, knowledge of, of having the disease, suggests that they, everybody with the disease with COVID-19 should be aware of what the symptoms of diabetes uh, are. Uh, those symptoms um, are not very often paid attention to because we normally today diagnose diabetes with laboratory tests. And very often the diagnosis of diabetes, especially type two is made on the, you know, on the base of a, of a normal routine um, uh, blood test. But if somebody develops symptoms such as fatigue uh, that is not explained by obviously the rest of uh, the additional symptoms um, or problems, if somebody develops especially a uh, feeling of intense thirst or they uh, have to make you know, many trips to the bathroom, um, that um, should trigger some attention and maybe they, they, people should ask their doctors whether uh, it is the case of um, checking their blood sugar because they might have developed diabetes. So it's not enough to necessarily panic, uh, but uh, it's, knowledge is important that uh, diabetes is a possibility. And so the symptoms of diabetes should trigger immediate uh, medical attention because unfortunately in some cases, uh, hopefully very rare, but it's possible that diabetes, um, the onset of diabetes is um, unfortunately uh, directly um, characterized by one of those diabetes complications that could be quite um, life-threatening, such as ketoacidosis, and we have seen some of those uh, cases indeed. In your opinion, which steps should be taken either on a national or global scale to improve data collection on this disease and to improve collective understanding of the long-term ramifications? Our project is just one of those uh, examples of uh, trying to um, collaborate uh, internationally, um, especially at this particular difficult juncture. And um, you know, one of the things we want to do, in fact, is to, um, and we're already uh, doing it, is to collaborate with many national diabetes organizations and ask their help in uh, reaching out to their um, diabetes uh, members, uh, expert uh, and clinicians uh, that are members of this organization. So that if they're aware there is a registry and they happen to see cases, um, it is important to share data at this time, even though uh, normally uh, we clinicians um, are mostly concerned about taking care of the patients, obviously directly, that's important. But this may more than ever be the, the time where um, you know sharing uh, experiences is is very very important because uh, 
um, you know, when we put things together, we could see patterns that we couldn't uh, on an, you know, just by looking at uh, our own personal patients. So whoever is uh, involved in um, the care of patients with COVID-19 that is um, uh, aware or, or happens to see um, a case of diabetes is very welcome to contribute to the uh, registry, uh, the Covidia registry, and um, it's easy to find on uh, on the on the internet. But um, um, it's uh, Covidia. It's a very easy name. We would welcome contributions by everybody. Thank you again for taking time to speak with us. You're welcome. Absolutely. Thanks for your interest in uh, in the subject. To learn more about this issue, visit ajmc.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at ajmc.com or follow us on Twitter at ajmc underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.